Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. In this first episode of Series 3, we're looking back at last month, January 2022, aka the longest start to the year ever. Coming up, Rough Trade Stress Test invited Richard Scott, Joe Dunthorne and Ella Frears to say goodbye to their January blues with poetry and music. An intimate life session from rising star Daniel Briskin. And to play us out, Tony Harrington comes to the Bureau to remember Ian Rawls and celebrate his work. First, described as an anxiety dream made real, the stress test invited author and poet Richard Scott to produce new poems under timed conditions. Hosts, Joe and Ella, joined in too. Why not try it for yourself whilst you're listening along? Hello and welcome to Stress Test on Soho Radio. We are here in Soho. Um, We have two special guests today because Martha, my co-host, has a fever, um, not the not the not the famous fever i think she's got just a normal one so she's in bed and she texted texted me this morning and then she called our friend ella who has been on the show twice and she amazingly has stepped in so my co-host i'm gonna call you my co-host amazing <laughs> today is ella frears wonderful poet and now easily the person who's been on stress test the most as a guest oh wow and um our other very special guest today is richard scott hello richard hi i'm hi. so happy to be here in soho with you both it's really exciting um richard's book for those you don't know is called soho um and it's such a beautiful brilliant book i love it loads it came out i guess three years ago now yeah 2018 yeah, yeah. you should check it out it's published by Faber. it's really wonderful Thank you, that's so nice, thank you. And I think we're going to start with a poem from Soho, read by Richard. Um, yeah, thank, thank you so much. Um, okay, so I'll just read, um, there's a long poem at the end of my book that um, tries to talk about kind of finding a bit of queer ancestry in Soho. Um, and I'll just read the first section of this, which is, Oh My Soho. One. Urine-lashed maze of cobble and hay-brick, old chunder-fugged, rosy-lit, cliché-worthy quadrant. I could not call you beauteous, but nightly I've strolled your Shaftesbury slums for a bout of wink and fumble, or hopped the iron-wrought gates of Soho Square, dank-scented potagerie to harvest night-blooming buds under ripening street lamps. Or slope to the Broadwick bog house where the cisterns trickle in harmony like the three-stringed lyre, where the glory holes flicker pink-tongued. Or jump the queue for man-bar video bar, sweaty fluoro-phoenix risen from the foundations of Margaret Clapp's Molly House. All this in lithe Eros's crosshairs, queer angel atop the meat rack of Cleveland Street. Eros wants me come crazy, boshed on lust. But I need a clear head for this trip. I am to be homo historian, mean to turn biogrope to biography, foreskin to forebearer. Oh, my Soho, let me linger out tonight. I have rainbow warriors to exhume. Wow. (laughs) So good. Um, I was pleased to see that Soho Radio has a copy of Richard's book in there um i'm gonna call it a waiting room not strictly a waiting room <laughs> um it, yeah it's it's just i mean that took me back to what a rich and beautiful book it is mm. um Thank so you. yeah welcome to the show how are you feeling are you are you stressed or are you relaxed um i yeah no i feel i feel good i think yeah yeah i've had some lime soda and i feel ready <laughs> there's still time to get stressed <laughs> okay good yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and yes, Ella uh, is also um, the author of Shine Darling, which you 
should read if you haven't already read it's amazing and she's back this is the third time she's been on the show how are you ella yeah i'm good um really happy to be here it was unexpected i was um, <laughs> what, what, were you, what were your plans for today <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know but i was in the middle of a zumba class when i got the text <laughs> and i looked at my own sweaty face and i thought can i get to get zumba? me on radio <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was definitely a face for radio this morning yeah. <laughs> um that's brilliant well we're so happy to have you here yeah, thank you so I think we're going we're gonna to crack on and write some poems So um, to remind you of the format of the show. So basically, we have each got 15 or so minutes of music and we're going to play that music. And when it's playing, we're going to write a poem with a title taken from one of the songs. Um, so I'm gonna, we're going to start with my music choices. I've got some uh, titles. So where are they? Um, come on okay so uh, the song I've just got the song titles as as poem titles because they're all quite cool titles I think so this one is from a Lena Platanos song and the title is Bloody Shadows from a Distance and then it's a Bob Dylan song so the title would be Simple Twist of Fate Mm -hmm. and then there's a song by Amanaz and the song's called Kala My Friend but I thought we could do like well, that's my phone. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> uh, we could do, like, any name, my friend. So you can choose your own name. Mm. And the final song title would be The Daily Growl. Poem title, sorry. Daily Growl. So they are Bloody Shadows from a Distance, Simple Twist of Fate, Colour, or rather Blank, My Friend, and The Daily Growl. Um, do any of those titles jump out at you as productive? I like... What was it? Was it A Simple Twist of Fate? Yes, yeah, so it's, I think it's just called Simple Twist of Fate. Mm. I like that. It's what good, isn't think? it? I like bloody shadows. Yeah, you would. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you knew like, you were going to say that. There's something bloody going on in those shadows. shadows. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't too come crazy in bloody shadows. <laughs> yeah. um, well, look, Richard's our guest. Yeah, he, I he is his first agree. time on the show. Let's do bloody shadows from a distance. Is that okay? I That's don't totally like okay. It. No, no, I'm absolutely okay. up for that. Um, okay, so if you're writing at home, the title is Bloody Shadows from a Distance. Um, you can send us poems if you are writing uh, at Stress Test Soho, and we will endeavour to read them or at least reply to you afterwards. Um, so now there's 15 minutes of music chosen by me, and we're all going to go away and write a poem, and we'll see you after the tunes. Εξιστορήσεις τη ζωή σου Συχνά Ανταποκρίνομαι Με ρίγη στη ραχοκοκαλιά Now, running from having written a poem, Richard's writing. Um. Wow, that 17 minutes went very quickly. Um, hello, and welcome back to Stress Test. Um, my heart is actually beating really, really fast. 
really fast. So um, I just came in to check how many minutes, I was hoping maybe five minutes were remaining and there was no minutes. So welcome back. Um, that Those are my songs. Uh, uh, I'm nice. going to make someone else speak now. Ella, will you say some things? How, did, how um, was that? I thought I, it was okay. I was really enjoying. You were both outside um, and through a window um, and you both looked really adorable and um, <laughs> concentrating hard. Did you um, write a poem about how adorable we are? No. I wish I had. I mean, you can if you want to play my mother in the poem, you can. <laughs> I, whenever there's a mother in a poem, I always that's who I am. Yeah. It is you. And Richard, you can be me. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. Uh, I'm definitely still trying to secretly write now. Okay. Oh, I, no, I mean, should I stop? I think yeah, you should me. actually stop because I've stopped. I've stopped. failing... I mean, let's just say that you have not finished your poem. That is okay. And we will talk about that. When is it a comes. poem ever finished? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what I was getting at. Um yeah, unfinished poems are totally fine. So yeah, you 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 wrote one. I wrote one. Yeah, I made possibly unfinished. Should I read it? Yeah, great. Um, okay, bloody shadows from a distance could describe any one of my mother's photographs. <laughs> Cold shadows on the deck of a ferry. Shadows uncertain and lumpy in the light of an enormous window. Shadows graduating on a lawn. Shadow on a train, stealing herself, body folded inwards. The camera adores a chin, my mother says, <laughs> positioning her phone just under my face. <laughs> I'm trying a new deodorant, and it makes the anxiety of such moments unfeasibly herbal. <laughs> Have you been marinating some pork? asks my mother. Indignant shadow. Shadow squinting at the river, muttering, I am the pork. <laughs> Unfeasibly herbal. <laughs> what an amazing phrase! That's so good. Mm. Oh, yeah, nailed it! Beautiful. Yeah. I, I am the pork. That's a great <laughs> final line. To I'm going to be able to declare that I am things at the moment. <laughs> My most Brilliant. recent book being called "I Am the Mother Cat." So yeah, yeah. Um, but I yeah I am the pork. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> or rather, you are because ah, you are. Yeah, me I am and, you. What was the other line? The, the camera loves a chin. Mm, yeah, she, I, she's never said that, but she, you, from her photos, you'd think that that was her main photographic <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, that, how many can we get? <laughs> oh, that was so good. Thank you, um, Richard. Where, do you want to talk about your your finished unfinished poem? Do you want sure. to read your unfinished? Poem? I can read it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the time went very fast. Like, it really was, did, didn't it? I was surprised. I was thinking about um, the shapes of leaves and then suddenly you ran in here and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <Did you>? <laughs> <laughs> Richard told me beforehand that he that he was, he's. I think the first person, sorry to embarrass you, the first mm. person to be writing their poems on a laptop. Oh really? Um, in the show. Oh wow. Um, I, and you also said you were going to do some googling. Did you do any looking things up? <laughs> I didn't do any looking things up. I mean, like I, I guess I do. Like, yeah, I do like to look up like the etymology of words, and like, I kind of get really into that kind of poetic, nerdy googling. So it's kind of a challenge not doing that, but yeah. freeing too, I guess. Yeah, it's quite, I feel like it's quite hard within the well, in this case, seventeen minutes. We're saying like it's quite a, a gambit to yeah. decide to research the etymology of mm. <laughs> as I found when you do that do you then put the stuff from that re or, or do you just like to know and then use the word I think sometimes like if you look up like the etymology of a word like where it's come from and the different permutations of it can kind of like I don't know influence like the inquiry of the poem mm. maybe or something or the, the direction I mean sometimes mm. I don't know but that sounds that makes it sound much more clever than it actually is I'm just sort of like googling things and thinking does, about things but it gives you options doesn't it like yeah it, it just you know yeah etymology or i always do like i guess in it, it, it can I, I can tell in a poem when it's really obvious that i've done this but sometimes just a, if i've got a subject then you're like looking for a glossary of terms yeah that are juicy mm. around yeah. that subject be it like the name of a cloud or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. but i'm also conscious that sometimes you're reading someone's poem, you're like, D -d -d oh, you looked up that word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's from the reverse dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I look up words by how many syllables because I, my yeah. vocabulary is very limited and I have lots of small words. Mm. Um, and so I, I look up <laughs> five-syllable yeah. mm. words. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
I just lost points. Yeah, no, 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 that's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you have to look up the shapes of clouds, right? Because you can't just write fluffy. Well, you could could write fluffy. That's a great word for a poem. It is, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, I'm stalling. Maybe I should just read one. (laughs) I'm just going to read my poem. Okay. Bloody shadows from a distance and fall, falling on everything before me, behind me, red juice and golden bowl, a pointed shadow, dendritic or asterios, horns, maybe leaves, or a sepal. If I tell you I am trying to be more present, what am I saying? Maybe this trying to live ahistorically. Under the shoe fig tree the shadows are stained and smushed, and these two pathways abstract and split above my head like antlers, bone junction upon cleft upon junction, porous and marrowed. And there is no distance possible. Pinate and palm, my shadows have grown longer and wider, encompassing... What a shame to live in the dark, and I am ashamed, no, in shame of my hemorrhaging red light, curdling to darks. The past is obsidian, the future is obsidian, his present is a raw blood bruise with teeth marks and little red welts swimming to the surface. What took place here? A ruin hangs in the air. This is the smart I must hold as lightly as joy. Holy shit. <laughs> Sorry, that was serious. Do we have the do we have the Yeah, the, we need the a nuclear <laughs> explosion. <laughs> yeah. That was fucking great. Wow. Oh, thanks so much. Oh. Um I feel like I should have been more light. No. Okay. I disagree. I okay. strongly I thought that was so brilliant yeah amazing so much sort of um like i don't know how you managed to get the sounds so sort of knitted together like it was like a real rich sort of sonic landscape as well as having yeah the good stuff yeah and it had that thing actually maybe thinking about you talking about um looking up words although you said you didn't do that but Mm. it had that thing of like you had you would have a word and then you kind of go into that word or a variation on that word which Mm. actually martha does beautifully as well Mm. i just love that kind of diving off one word into other kind of related words which you do so um beautiful things i think because i because i read like that poem from soho i think in a way i was like thinking about like shadows what happens in the shadows like i don't know just i I don't know it kind of gave me a kind of serious mindset maybe because you know soho is a serious as well as fun place Mm. they should use that for their slogan (laughs) serious but also fun soho um also the tattoo on your arm that says shame Mm. um you know when you watch a film and you hear the words the the name of the film said within the film yeah when you started going through the like breaking down and and, like pulling apart the word shame i was like oh my god (laughs) he's doing his yes Richard, yeah, Richard's got his sleeves rolled just high enough to reveal the word shame uh, yeah. on his wrist. I always actually kind of forget about it. And I guess that's the point of it, right? To kind of look down and kind of think about mm. shame. And, like, I just think shame's been really important for me, like, as a queer person, like, thinking not just coming from a place of pride, but kind of, like, sorting through shame and, like, um, trying to figure out what societal shame might mean to you and how to process it. And we could talk for hours about shame, but I'll stop. <laughs> Um, how did you get on? Yeah, I, well, I, I, I completely got kind of in, into it in the sense I had just finished and then the time had run out. So um, I don't know, basically, is my answer, but I'm going to read it. Bloody shadows from a distance. I am fond of that time of the evening when your shadow is exactly twice as tall as you and forever being run over by cars and feeling nothing or sliding up garden walls to graze on the florid mosses that live between the bricks. It is the time of day when people turn on the lights in their houses, but exactly 25 minutes before they realise that doing so has made of their living rooms a light box, a little independent theatre production called Your Neighbour the Photographer. And everyone walks into their deliberate rooms, trying to remember why they came in. Their minds are raised by the force of our watching from the street. Me and my shadow that is exactly twice my height. Keep staring, my shadow says. So my heart's... Re- <laughs> <laughs> keep, st- <laughs> keep staring, my shadow says. Even if they look up, they won't be able to see you, my shadow says. 
And even if they see you, they won't know, they won't recognize you. And even if they recognize you, they won't know what house you live in. And even if they know what house you live in, they won't come knocking on your door, asking what your problem is. And even if they come to your door and ask what your problem is, you won't tell them that the problem is them, that they arrogantly just go about their lives completely oblivious to the rest of us. This was a really long <laughs> sentence. Uh, I don't know how to breathe. I'm sorry, I've, I've forgotten how to breathe. <coughs> Walking from room to room in socks, those who would not even notice the shadow beneath their feet, and that you will be there every evening at the same time for the rest of your days. When you have, even when you have the curtains closed, you will, we will be there watching, my shadow says. Mm. Sorry, I read that really badly. That was good, it was intense. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's been a while since I've um, done this show and I, I forgot how to breathe mid-poem, but anyway. No, it was great. <laughs> great. It went, it just, yeah, I love how your work just sort of goes off and takes like a, an idea. And I knew as soon as we got to that light box, I was like, we're in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it was like one of those where I was just like, the hand was just kind of going. Mm, it's good. And the, um, I think, because you're handwriting, yeah? we're handwriting, um, Richard's mother. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the, are you, when you're writing, and even if, um, and then repeating a, a whole sentence again, are you writing all of that out? Because that takes, <laughs> that for me, I'd be like, I'm losing precious minutes. Is there a shorthand <laughs> way? Could I, like, I, I did write them all again. I was aware that I was taking up pages, so just repeating myself. But um, there must be a good for, a shorthand formula for being like, and repeat. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that you guys, because you've done so many of these shows, haven't learned that um, what secretaries <laughs> used to do. You know, yeah, is right. it called shorthand? Well, yeah. the shorthand. I've been learning about Gabelsberger, which is this ancient German shorthand, which looks like actually it's really beautiful. Looks like little fireworks going off. Mm. But you know, you can do a whole full-length letter on a postcard in Gabelsberger. It's really That's cool. Amazing. Well, um, that poem was like lots of fireworks going off. Yeah. <laughs> and it should, yeah. I liked the florid mosses in between the, the walls, in between the bricks. Thank that was you. really beautiful. Oh, like, and I wanted to live in that, in those <laughs> words. I wanted to be one of those mosses. Great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, I really um, enjoyed it, which is nice. Cool. Well, let's... Uh, actually, I'm going to ask you some some things... So um, we heard a poem from Richard's book, which is now a few years old. I saw you had some really cool, in fact, I heard you read them the other day, really beautiful poems about, is it fair to say they're about minerals or kind of inspired by minerals? Yeah, yeah. Um, and stones? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's such a nice question. Um, we read together and my opening gambit when we read was saying, I feel terrified and vulnerable because I hadn't done a reading in person <laughs> for a while. But I'm glad you heard the poems that came after that. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been writing about uh, crystals, the kind of reactions to Rambo's illuminations because he writes these kind of extraordinary kind of um, queer fairy tales that refuse to kind of resolve, but they all kind of like have like crystalline light or kind of crystals in them. So I was really mm. kind of inspired by that. And so I've just been writing about uh, crystals in mm. a kind of queer way, I hope. And, and when, you, when you're writing them, do you have the crystal in, in, in hand? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of look at the crystal and you can see what colour the crystal yeah, is. Yeah, there's some... Be I mean, I love yeah. I loved, well, I loved reading them when they were in Poetry Review, but hearing them out loud was really special. Yeah, it was oh, great. That's so nice of you. I mean, I kind of... I did kind of, like, read a Rambo, an illumination by Rambo, and then kind of meditate a little bit and see what kind of crystal kind of popped into my head. So there was right. holding crystals, thinking of crystals. Yeah, that kind of process. Um, I mean... <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I've never said that out loud before. But yeah. <laughs> it sounds really good. It does. Are you working towards a, a book of crystal poems? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely working towards a book, and mm. I, I hope the crystals will be in there. So, mm. yeah, uh, let, 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 let's, let's see. see. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Beautiful. And what are you working on, Alan? What's your new thing? Oh, God, thing? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, I wish I had something as lovely as crystals. To, <laughs> I also really enjoy it. Uh, and when you write, do you have a crystal in the hand? <laughs> um, that's a question. Um, uh, no, yeah, I am currently working on... I've been asked to make a one-hour poetry show for um, Mac Festival, the comedy festival in Wales. Oh, um, I love that I've, festival. Oh, have you been? Yeah, I've never yeah, been. Oh, it's okay. amazing. Yeah, it's great. Um, I've never written a show before. An hour seems like a really long time for poetry mm. um so i'm sort of i'm trying things out for that mostly oh that's so cool yeah that's a great 
place and great festival. Um, and they do lots of good... Yeah, you can get away with all sorts of weird shit. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, because it's not going any other way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool, that's exciting. And when is that for this year's festival? Yeah, so end of April, early May, I think. Soon. Better crack on then. Thanks. (laughs) You can use these. I'm even more stressed. You can use these poems. I can use these particular poems. And (laughs) yours as well? Yeah, Yeah, thank you. I am the pork is a good line. For I just, a shall I, yeah, call it that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're quite. Are you fairly comfortable with kind of the, like a more stagey um, approach to writing? I haven't. Uh, I, I I enjoy being. That's a lie. I don't enjoy being on stage, but I, <laughs> I like it after. I like um, the sort of weird euphoria that comes from like not dying on stage. Yes. Um, but you've done things like. I think I think I've seen some video readings you've done which have like a kind of performance element to them. Hmm. Um, so, like, when you're thinking about your hour show, presumably, is it just going to be you and a mic, or is it going to be like a bit more? Yeah, I've been advised to make it just me and a mic, so that like less can go wrong. Um, <laughs> they haven't sort of accounted for me malfunctioning, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I would like to have some sort of visuals because that's also part of my practice, hmm. um, but. Uh, I guess I'm writing it without at the moment to see how interesting just me speaking can be. <laughs> um, really pushing the, the limits. I'm, I'm certain it can be um, easily an hour of interesting. <laughs> Thank you. Um, cool, well, let's write another poem. Uh, we're going to hear Richard's music. Um, Richard, did you manage to choose some potential titles from your songs? Um, yes. Um, so we could have two grey rooms. Okay. And that's the title of Joni Mitchell's song, Two Grey Rooms. Uh, we could have um, The Tall Fountains. That's mm. from um, uh, Claire de Lune uh, by Foray, which is a setting of Verlaine. Um, we could have um, uh, His Love, It Felt Like Ribbons. Ooh. Or just Ribbons. And that's from Perfume Genius. Um, or Spring One. It's definitely classical music. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's Vivaldi remixed by Max Richter. So, oh nice. They're all good, actually. They're very, they're very you. All the titles Mm. and oh, that's quite. I like them all. So the the options are two grey rooms, the tall fountains, his love. It felt like ribbons and spring one. I could pretty much go for any of those. What what do you think, Ella? I'm drawn to his love. It felt like ribbons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not drawn to two grey rooms, and that makes me think I should do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Richard, what, what's jumping out at you? Um, I, I mean, I do kind of like two grey rooms, but I don't. Again, I don't want to be. I don't want to influence. Okay. Like, you know. Joe's well, unhappy uh, face. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Neither of you mentioned the title I wanted, but that's fine. Well, which one did you want? <laughs> no, Spring one. No, I wanted Tall Fountains, no, but it's okay. fine. Well, let's do Tall no, Fountains. No, we can do Tall Fountains. Yeah, let's do Tall Fountains. Yeah. Look. It's your show. Yeah. <laughs> it's my show. We're doing Tall Fountains. <laughs> what was the first part of that title? Because it wasn't just Tall Fountains. It's the, the Tall oh. Fountains. Uh, okay, I'm going to allow you to let me do what I want. <laughs> um... So the title is The Tall Fountains. We've got 18 minutes of music chosen chosen by Richard Scott now. If you're writing at home, again, you can get in touch and send us a poem uh, at Stress Test Soho on Twitter. Next, some live music provided by up-and-coming singer-songwriter Daniel Briskin. He joined Jamie Reynolds live in the studio and performed a couple of his upcoming tracks. I wouldn't mind the rain Oh, that pain. Um, that was the harrowing Ronnie Spector um, and the Ronettes version of I Wish I Never Saw the Sunshine, which, to be honest, I hadn't heard until yesterday. I'd always known that song as being by the singer Beth Orton from the 90s, and I, and I really loved it. And I was actually playing it to myself on guitar, and then 
as we entered what uh, my guest has described as the people who died recently section and I played um, Ronnie, Ronnie Spector I looked it up and um, I realised that that was actually uh, a Ronette song and um, people playing Be My Baby and the rest of it and I realised that she sang that song I Wish I Never Saw Sunshine I only heard that version of it yesterday and it's harrowing and powerful and I'm very happy to have played it today in my People Who Died Recently section alongside Meatloaf but not the central act Maximilian Dunbar with the song It Doesn't Matter so that's good they're still with us and hopefully we'll be hearing more bangers from them soon I'm very excited because my guests have arrived on the show today we've got Daniel Briskin who's here hi guys round of applause Daniel Briskin it's coming in soon and the guitar player Sam hey that's all right. so we've got them both on here guys you're excited (laughs) Daniel this is your first time on radio yeah, it's a bit crazy. I feel a bit daunted. You seem like a natural already. You seem like... Sort of All right, thank you for like the self. six words I've said. That's it. Yeah. I can tell from your mannerisms, like if you're listening to the show and you can't see a live feed of what's going on, Daniel's wearing this incredible red jumper. Is there a live feed? Somewhere in this room, look out. There are, cam- <laughs> there, are, there are cameras everywhere, but I can see it and I can describe it only as one of the best jumpers I've ever seen in my life. It's red, it's woolly, and it's you seem Princess very happy. What is it? It's quite Princess Die. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, what did you say, Sam? It's quite Princess Die. It's very Princess Di, yeah, exactly. I, it's like being in, in the presence of royalty, having Daniel Briskin and, and Sam with us today. And um, it's coming up, sort of, I don't know, maybe in the next 10, 15 minutes, we're going to have you play a couple of songs. Um, can you tell us what you're going to do for us? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to play a, a song firstly that uh, is coming out on the 4th of February. So I guess a little announcement. That's good. That hasn't been it's announced a first. yet. So. It's a first. There's a song coming That's out on the 4th of February. Brilliant. Yeah. You heard it here first, Daniel Briskin. song called song. Headlights. Um, and then, and then after we're going to play a song that me and Sam wrote uh, with Sam's brother um, called "Talking in Your Sleep," and you know, I hope I hope everyone enjoys it. Being privy and knowing what those songs are, I'm really excited that you've chosen those two. Yeah, and you've got a cameo on on headlights as well. I do, on the recorded version. Yeah, yeah, that's really not sweet. <laughs> not today. No, don't today. Put, don't, be, don't put me under pressure today because if you you if guys you are rehearsed. To. <laughs> um, although I do, I do have a microphone turned on here, so maybe if I choose to, I can jump in as and where. <laughs> ad-libs. Um, yeah, just some ad-libs. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, I describe you, Daniel, as a young and exciting artist that I work with all the time and write a lot of songs together. And I'm just incredibly grateful that you've come on the show today and you'll be playing some, show, you're playing some songs for us. So I reckon we play a couple more songs and, uh, and then we dive straight into it. <laughs> Jay Diller with working on it. I thought, oh, the second's running out there. Cool. And there's the end of the song. Um, Daniel asked, was that Michael Jackson? It wasn't Michael Jackson. It was Jay Diller um, <laughs> with working on it. And before that, we should have been in the recent obituary section, to be honest. It was Lee Scratch Perry with having a party. Um, and the brilliant advice that if you are going to drink, don't drive to follow that advice. Um, okay, so I'm very excited because here on my show on Soho Radio, we've got a radio first with Daniel Briskin going to perform a couple of songs live. And how are you guys feeling? Are you ready to go? Feeling good. How are you feeling, Sam? More excited than I've been all day. This is the moment. This is it. It's a radio first. Um, it's Daniel Briskin with what song? Uh, here with Headlights. Let's get it. Tiptoeing around trying to find a way through Met you in the lights, followed every sign I've been kind of struggling Can't read directions, move different than was Left my pride on the road, leave this place in a hus I'm so sore to control, to slow down Come closer, I'm about to blow now Speak with me a little bit I thought we were about to dip when you move, 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 I see the green lights on your waist When you move like that, you make a stop sign, wanna change Said that she'd been on her own And I just wanna take her home She just wanna dance in the headlights She just wanna dance in the headlights Said that she'd been on her own And I just wanna take her home she just wouldn't dance in the headlights She just wouldn't dance in the headlights You must have already heard this 
But you got this effect on me And I ain't looking that way on purpose Oh, cause I wanna keep it brief When you move, 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 I see the green lights on your waist When you move, move, I'm to the, hey Said that she been on her own And I just wanna take her home She just wanna dance in her headlights She just wanna dance in her headlights Said that she been on her own And I just wanna take her home But she just wanna dance in her headlights Ah, yeah that's alright. She can do what she do. She can, she can move right. So keep on dancing all night. Yeah. She just wanna dance in the headlights. Oh, yeah. Said that she been on her own, and I just wanna take her home. She just wanna dance in the headlights. She just wanna dance in the headlights. Said that she been on her own. And I just wanna take her home She just wanna dance in the headlights Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh Dancing in the headlights Dancing in the headlights Dancing in the headlights Said that she been on her own Dancing in the headlights Dancing in the headlights Dancing in the headlights She just wanna dance in the headlights Thank you so much. That's, guys, guys, that was absolutely incredible. Thank you. That's good. I mean, you know, I'm lucky enough to have heard the recorded version of that, but that was something special. Don't worry, you won't have to wait long to hear the recorded version. Yeah, come on, pick, let's pick back up on that again. So that's Headlights by Daniel Briskin, which comes out on... Uh, February 4th. February 4th, which is a couple Soho of weeks Radio away. So Soho Radio exclusive. You've heard it here first. You've heard the acoustic version. You've got a couple of days and you're going to hear the full full production version of that song. How exciting. Um I was, I was privileged to be there with you while it was going on and yeah. I was going to ask you some funny stories about that but let's not move on because the stories are funny but whatever we've got more music to listen to <laughs> no, sorry, there was just one I wanted to bring up you were doing so well man yeah I know the show was going quite well until then sorry about the whatever moving on section um, should we just move on and just have some other music let's move on perfect so what else have we got what, what's the next song so the next song is called Talking In Your Sleep and uh, and like I said, me, Sam, and Sam's brother Aaron wrote it in my in my uh, in, at, at my house. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I don't know when it will be coming out, but this is its debut. Never heard before. It's a Daniel Briskin exclusive on Radio. That's exciting. Never heard before. It's exciting. Thank you so much for giving us the honour of coming in and playing it. No let's, problem. Let's hear it. Uh. Forgetting what we did it for Cause I'm a selfish love and nothing more Excuse my tone But when you talk in your sleep You say things that you swear aren't true Still every day that I wake is a day that I'm missing you And now we're chasing a place where we don't have to turn and move But it's all for you It's all for you Fallin' for the deep end I've been wasting too much time Spending my money on you 
ties and clothes, that's why it's my size How could you let this, how could you let this go? Cause I'm living for nothing now And it's hard to think you're not around It's hard to think you're not around Uh, When you talk in your sleep You say things that you swear aren't true Still every day that I wake Is a day that I'm missing you And I'll be chasing a place Where we don't have to turn and move But it's all for you It's all for you And the studio goes wild. <laughs> we don't have a release date, but what we do have is that exclusive. Thank you, you, thank do, you yeah. so much. No problem. Thank you so much for having us. Daniel Briskin, the incredible voice, the incredible artist. Lots more to come from him. And I feel very honoured to have you as your first ever radio debut. There's so much more to come, mate. I feel very honoured to be here. Oh, mate. But, you know, you're obviously a natural. Loads more to come. This is your first radio thing. There's going to be plenty more. Sam, I think you deserve a shout out. Appreciate it. Because you're an incredible guitar player. Thank you very much. Incredible song. Congratulations, guys. And um, you smashed it. I mean, I just don't think you've got any worries for the future. That's you. You're live. You're world into radio. You're ready for it. Um, you're going to get the call from the big guys any minute now. Oh, I'm sure I will. Um, so <laughs> pl- please come on again. Like I said, if it goes well, you'll come on again. Please come on again. Oh, I'd love to. More exclusives. 100%. More release dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more red jumpers. More red jumpers. And, um, and plenty more fun to be had. Um, proud of you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely smashed it. I hope you enjoy that. Um, rewind it. Play it back. Listen back. You smashed it. Every time. And finally, Tony Harrington of The Wire magazine joins host Stephen Coates for the latest episode of the Bureau of Lost Culture. We hear various selections from Ian Rawls's 2000 field recordings, historical audio and much, much more. Hello, Stephen. Thank you for having me on the show. For anybody who doesn't know you, and if anybody doesn't know The Wire, give us a quick bio. Uh, the Wire is an independent music magazine. Formed in 1982, it started out mostly covering like avant-garde jazz, improvised music, uh, experimental music. Over the years, it's kind of expanded that remit to cover underground music, adventurous music of all types, the monthly print magazine with all the usual add-ons, websites. And I'm the publisher now. I've been various things. I was a contributor, deputy editor, editor editor-in-chief and then i demoted myself to publisher so that's what i do now poacher turned gamekeeper as we say kind of so yeah so i've been around at the wire for 30 odd years (coughs) first of all congratulations on the anniversary you know i was just going to read a little bit from what it says on the site about it because it's it's what you just said and more but i love this the wire celebrates and interrogates the most visionary and inspiring subversive and radical marginalized and undervalued musicians on the planet past and present uh, and it goes on passionate, intelligent and provocative wages war on the mundane and the mediocre. This show, the Bureau of Lost Culture, is, is, is largely dedicated to countercultural stories. Uh, and of course, one of the things that comes up quite often is the independent press. You know, we always talk about IT and Oz and friends and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and when I was reading that about The Wire, I suddenly thought, wow, actually, The Wire is the countercultural press in a way, isn't it? Well, I kind of, I guess it grew out of that initially. So in the late, in the UK in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a kind of countercultural press underneath or subterranean to the kind of national music press everyone knows about, like the NME, Melody Maker, Sounds and all that. Um, there was these other magazines like called things like Musics and Impetus and Collusion. And these were underground press, small press, kind of not quite fanzines, but not quite your standard kind of newsstand magazine. But they were covering all the stuff that maybe the weeklies never did. And The Wire very much kind of grew out of that kind of ferment in Mm. London in the late 70s. And what's important, I mean, I imagine gives you some degree of satisfaction is, is that a lot of those big music papers, NME, 
Melody Maker, who've been around Melody Maker around for a very long time. I mean, they're kind of gone. I mean, they sort of exist in some ghostly form, don't they? But I mean, in terms of, pri- yeah. uh, terms of print, they've gone, whereas the wire is flourishing, right? Yeah, they've all gone by the wayside, usually because of a lot of lack of faith in the p- companies that publish them, you know. Mm. If start, things start to get tight, it's always the knee-jerk response to go to the lowest common denominator rather than look at what you've got and try and, you know, kind of push... You know what makes you unique and special compared to all the other stuff out there. Um, yeah, but obviously online, the onslaught of online mm. culture has kind of decimated the print industry, if you like. Um, but there's still huge amounts of print out there. You just got to walk into any shop. There's so many small press type journals and all kinds of stuff going on now. Still, um, it's just it's not as influential as it maybe once was, but it's still a huge amount of activity bubbling under. Is there a counterculture still? Is it, is it there in those small publications when it comes to press? I mean, what does it mean to you now? You're probably better placed than most to know whether there's countercultural music going on. I mean, it's come up several times here that in some ways it's probably out there, out of sight, you know, flourishing or even or starting to come out of the ground somewhere. You know, I always say this, maybe in South London, off up a tower block or something, or, you know, it's it, we don't notice it somehow, do we, until it's already above ground once upon a time if you wanted to hear stuff that was not you know kind of mainstream radio one playlist stuff you would have to really go deep and dig it out but now obviously through the internet there's so many online stations and other kind of outlets let alone all the streaming services things do have platforms now there is an infrastructure there to support and promote if you want to call it that um Music that previously you would have said was underground or experimental or avant-garde or whatever. So they they, they do have their platforms now. Um, in a way, it makes it less heroic, you know, less interesting. Less, it feels like less like you're, you know, thrashing your way through <laughs> the jungle, sort of clearing the ground or whatever. Mm. This kind of different ideas and approaches to music, not just music but everything, can kind of dis- be disseminated mm. and people can find a voice. Um, but the, but the clamour, the babble of those voices, I think, makes it even obviously difficult to cut through very often. I'm glad you used that phrase, babble of voices. That's a perfect segue in what we're about to listen to. What we heard then was a recording called Petticoat Lane Traders. For anybody who doesn't know Petticoat Lane, it's in the east bit of London. It's a traditional London market. still is, largely, despite the sort of hipster hipsterization of uh, East London. It's still a place where you can buy spent batteries and make out-of-date copies of The Wire, I imagine, for a quid and that sort of stuff. Uh, and it was recorded by Ian Rawls. And the reason that uh, Tony's here is to talk about Ian Rawls and his amazing project countercultural project i would say london sound survey last year a friend of mine um just happened to mention he's, that ian had died which was a big shock because he wasn't very old and tony's uh, uh, obituary of him appeared in the wire shortly afterwards and i wanted just to read a little bit from that um before we talk about him and why he mattered so ian rose launched this london sound survey in 2009 as a platform for his field recordings of London street life which he'd started making the previous year. The first was at Petticoat Lane Market in London's East End. I wanted to do something to understand this city, he said, to produce my own version of it that other people could read or respond to. Aspects of London that appeal to me most, which tended to be the more humble, down-to-earth things, such as street markets, junk shops, old man's pubs, canals, odd places and so on. A kind of worm's eye view of the city. Tony, uh, he was a friend of yours. You wrote about him. You mentioned earlier as your landlord. I think we'll come back to that in a bit in a minute. But uh, who was Ian, and what is the London Sound Survey? Yeah, I guess it's like one man's quixotic life project, you know, to document as much of London in sound as he could possibly do, as he could possibly get. You know, I mean, as a website, it's a model. 
website you know um, i mean ian also had a background in kind of typography and graphic design and you can tell that by the website because it's beautifully made it's really kind of draws you in so he was a friend of mine he was my landlord we can talk about that later he started the london sound survey as you just read out in 2008 because he'd started doing making field recordings or recordings the previous year and the one you just played petticoat lane market i think that was an excerpt from the very first one that he did I think that's the earliest recording on the site. And actually, I think that was the first time he went out of the house with um, a recording setup, you know, a microphone, uh, headphones, a recorder, etc., and walked around recording the sounds of the environments around him. Um, and I think it was just born out of this kind of an innate curiosity. At the time, in the early to mid-2000s, he got a job at the National Sound Archive at the British Library. Um, he was basically a storeman there, uh, cataloguing all the items that either came in or that were held in the National Sound Archive, which are basically CDs, LPs, cassettes, etc., of all types of stuff, not just commercially released material, but all kinds of other material. And so, you know, he would be cataloging this stuff, lugging it around into boxes and such. And I believe he just started taking notice of some of the things that were there. You said to me, I think, earlier that there was one particular sound or set of sounds that got Ian going in the first place. Is is that right? Yes. um, As I understand it, when he was working in the National Sound Archive, he started, you know, taking notice of some of the the things that he was actually cataloging and such. And one... He said that once, that basically the thing that got him interested in field recordings was um, there was a US uh, field recordist, ethnomusicologist called Stephen Felt, who made recordings all over the world, Papua New Guinea, Accra, Ghana, and so on, but also made recordings across Europe uh, of um, what he kind of called pastoral soundscapes, so rural soundscapes, uh, many of which are dominated by the sound of bells. So if you think about rural communities in Greece, Italy, Albania, etc., you know, there's, there's the sound of church bells, but there's also all the, you know, these are farming communities. So they're farming cows, cattle, sheep, goats, etc. Very often they're kind of, you know, scattered around hills and God knows what else. And of course they all have bells. They all wear bells around their necks, you know. So um, this is a recording of all this... Um, yeah, the sound of goats being herded through a village and all you can hear the sound of the bells going off and you can hear the, the shepherds shouting, you can hear dogs barking and it, you can understand how Ian might have heard that and thought, oh wow, I could, I could do that. That's, I could go out into Petticoat Lane Market where there's all these people shouting, there's dogs, there's people moving stuff about, I could record that. listening to Soho Shortwave. If you want to hear the full versions of any of our shows featured, catch up on our Mixcloud. Just search Soho Radio. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to this podcast and tune in live at any time to SohoRadioLondon.com or get the app. This is a Soho Radio Productions podcast. <laughs>